Hello, this is Tony Campolo and Shane Claiborne. We're uh, broadcasting from across the pond. That's the name of the show, from across the pond. We name it that because we put the show together at uh, Cabrini University and at Eastern University, two Christian schools sitting across the road from each other, one Catholic, one Baptist, but we're committed to the same Jesus. And uh, we are trying to promote what we call red-letter Christianity. Uh, go to the website and check out redletterchristians.org. It's a movement. It's a movement that is calling people to take the words of Jesus seriously. Uh, Gandhi once said, everybody knows what Jesus taught in the Sermon on the Mount, except for Christians. Uh, you know, the truth is, uh, are we willing to embrace the nonviolence that Jesus taught, where we love our enemies rather than trying to kill them? Are we ready to turn the other cheek? Are we ready to abandon capital punishment? Are we ready to do away with the guns, which he called the sword in his day? Are we ready to do the things that Jesus called us to do? Are we ready to abandon the wealth of our materialistic society and use the wealth instead of uh, for our own gratification, but to help the poor and the oppressed of the world? Uh, we have a guest today, Adam, Adam Taylor. He is now the head of the Sojourners community and uh, the head of Sojourners magazine down there in Washington, D.C., well-known throughout the United Kingdom. And, uh, Adam, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me on. Okay. So we, we uh, Adam, is. Uh, it's also noteworthy that he's a board member of Red Letter That's Christians. That's right. And, and he's uh, written a book, Mobilizing Hope, Faith-Inspired Activism. You've done all, all kinds of stuff um, with the World Bank and other groups. And I, I wonder... Um, as you try to take the pulse of our country right now, bro, um, what what are some of the the signs of hope that you see, and and some of the the, the things that uh, uh, you think Jesus is calling us to address right now, and you know even outside of our country, for a lot of the listeners in the UK, um, what, what does the Jesus way look like today? Yeah, no, thank you. Um, one just quick clarification: I'm the executive director of Sojourners, and. I'm kind of sharing leadership with Jim Wallace, who's still the president, um, but it's been a joy to come back and to be able to be a part of leading such an amazing organization. So I really take hope in some of the ways that the rise of Trumpism and of President Trump has really awakened, I think, a greater commitment to justice within many different parts of the church, particularly among a younger generation. And I think it's given a greater sense of courage and conviction for people to speak out and really try to reclaim what it means to follow Jesus and to reject so much of the misogyny and bigotry and xenophobia that President Trump has appealed to and has tried to stoke into people's hearts and minds. Um, there's been some really inspirational work happening with church leaders advocating to protect funding in the U.S. budget that benefits low-income Americans, Americans living in poverty, but also helps to support U.S. leadership in fighting extreme poverty in the world. And you know, not a lot of people know this, but the Trump administration tried in two consecutive years to make very, very draconian cuts to those programs, both domestically and globally. And because of a lot of pressure and a lot of moral witness by a pretty broad cross-section of religious leaders and Christian leaders, we've been successful in convincing Congress to essentially ignore those budget requests. And funding for international poverty and domestic poverty have pretty much remained at the same levels as before, which is a pretty 
big victory in this political environment and one that I think you know shows that there are some good things happening even in the midst of a lot of the, the chaos that we're experiencing. You know, uh, Sojourners is not just a magazine, and it's a magazine that's sold across the United States, but over in the United Kingdom as well. Uh, it's a great magazine, but it's more than a magazine. Uh, the people who are part of the Sojourners movement are doing things. Uh, what are some of the actions that you and Jim uh, Wallace and others with the Sojourners community have taken upon yourselves as of late? What are some of the things that you're doing? Yeah, no, thanks. I mean, we, our tagline has always been faith in action for social justice. So, yeah, we're certainly a voice that articulates the biblical call to social justice, but it's all about inspiring people of faith and Christians to take action with their faith. So one of the things that we are particularly excited about is in the lead-up to the midterm elections, we partnered with the African-American Clergy Network and Dr. Barbara Skinner and launched an initiative called Lawyers and Callers. We were particularly alarmed that in 2018, the right to vote is very much under assault, and there's been a pretty concerted effort in many key states around the country to suppress the votes of minority voters. And so we felt and continue to feel that every person is made in the image of God, therefore every voter is precious and every vote needs to be counted. So we focused on seven states where there's been a recent track record of voter suppression and worked to mobilize and equip churches and pastors to meet with election officials and in some cases the Secretary of State to kind of put them on watch, that we are watching and that we are going to hold you accountable to ensure that elections are carried out in your state in a fair manner. And then we helped to deploy uh, clergy alongside lawyers at polling sites to be able to provide a moral presence and also be able to monitor what's happening. And so we had some real success in, in seven states, and our goal is to scale this up to all the states in the country uh, in, the, in the next general election. And you know, given the degree of suppression we saw in states like Georgia, in North Dakota, and elsewhere, this is an issue that we have to continue to pay attention to and be diligent about. You know, one, one of the other things that brought bigger than the United States is is the question of, of uh, how we welcome refugees and immigrants, asylum seekers. And, um, you know, in this season around Christmas, before and after, we're kind of reminded that uh, Jesus came to us as a brown-skinned Palestinian Jew, uh, you know, and, and as a refugee. And yet, like, Everybody in our country, you know, has been talking about the war on Christmas as meaning to put, uh, say, Merry Christmas instead of Happy Holidays. But the real war on Christmas, it seems like, has been the lack of compassion to uh, uh, to immigrants and the caravan on the border. And uh, how are we going to worship the Savior that came to us as a refugee at Christmas and then forget refugees the day after? So uh, you you and Sojourners have been a part of the circle of protection um, and, and really emphasizing this. And so, yeah, about? tell us about that, and particularly how that might inform folks that are trying to organize in other countries uh, that that are you know concerned about their government's response to immigration. Yeah, certainly. So, the Circle of Protection was created back in 2010 when there was a big debate here about trying to balance the budget, and there was an effort to essentially balance the budget on the backs of the poorest and most vulnerable, and we worked alongside the Catholic Church, the Catholic bishops here in the United States, uh, Bread for the World, and the National Association of Evangelicals and others, to convince President Obama at the time 
to essentially take programs that benefit low-income Americans off the chopping block, off the negotiating table. And that victory kind of solidified this coalition called the Circle of Protection that's been working together ever since to try to protect funding in the U.S. budget that benefits the poorest, but also to protect funding that uh, benefits our efforts to fight poverty around the world. Um, the, the Circle has, has certainly made some statements about immigration, but I think the, the strongest work and voice on immigration has been through the Interfaith Immigration Coalition, which Sojourners is a major part of. And we are in the process of organizing a, or kind of co-organizing a major service on the border between San Diego and Tijuana, where we're going to be a part of kind of the Catholic tradition of Posadas, which is yeah. a, a tradition that recognizes the birth of Jesus and Mary and Joseph trying to find an inn that would uh, welcome in the, the the family, and so we're going to you know be doing that with a lot of partners on the ground on the border, and then that group is going to march across the border to break bread with their brothers and sisters on their side and really extend a message of welcome to those that are seeking asylum and are fleeing persecution and violence in Central America. And there's actually going to be another major service of a similar nature here in D.C. in mid-December. What we've been pushing very strongly is we have to counteract all of the ways that these migrants have been demonized by President Trump and others, and instead, you know, affirm that they are made in the image of God, that they have a legal right to petition for asylum, and that, you know, our message should be one of welcome and one of enabling them to make that petition, not of militarizing our border and demonizing them. You know, we we interview people like uh, Adam Taylor, who we're interviewing today, who are working brilliantly uh, on the macro level, trying to impress uh, those who are in positions of power uh, to live out justice in their policies. But uh, I want our listeners to know that you shouldn't sit there and say, there's nothing I can do. Let me just make one simple suggestion. Uh, World Vision, Compassion International. These are two organizations that I know of. World Vision particularly is working with refugees uh, in the Middle East, people who have fled Syria and don't know where to go, don't know how to take care of themselves. And you can contact World Vision. Check it out. Look it up on uh, your directory on the Internet. And support a child who's a refugee. It'll cost you uh, some money, uh, not much. I think it's like uh, 18 pounds uh, in British money. Uh, in U.S. money, it's uh, $39 a month. Uh, that amounts to, you know, like uh, one pound uh, 15p a, a day. And you can rescue a child who has become a refugee. Clothe, educate provide medical care. World Vision is doing that, and you can get behind World Vision uh, and and support a child. So when the show's over, uh, check out on your computer World Vision, whether you're in the United States or South Africa or Australia, wherever you're listening to the show, check it out. Support a child who's a refugee. Uh, contact World Vision and say, I would like to support a refugee. So there's things that need to be done on the macro level, which uh, Sojourners is doing. But why don't you chip in on the micro level? Oh. Yeah. So, so Adam, Sorry, like I, uh, just, I should have mentioned real quick. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, I was in in the UK in, in October, 
actually September of this last of this year, meeting with a pretty broad range of church partners who are really interested in creating a circle of protection-like coalition in the UK. And I'm continuing to be in discussions with them about that. So I'm, I'm encouraged that there's you know, growing interest within the UK to have a much stronger moral voice coming alongside those who are most marginalized and, and being an advocate to ensure that programs are protected for them. You can also, you know, Learn more about Sojourners at Sojourner.net. One of our, we, we're an international organization in one sense because our reach extends across the world, and our largest number of supporters outside the United States are in Canada and the UK. So we're grateful for for that support and interest. And, and we love teaming up together with Red Letter Christians and 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 Sojourners. We've got a huge history together as friends, but also as organizations that are convinced that we can uh, do more good together than we can on our own. And uh, you know, Adam, as, as we, one of the things that we've both, we both care about is the justice stuff, but we also care about people falling in love with Jesus. And it, and one of the things that's become, <clears throat> become pretty clear is that the, the folks that are defending Donald Trump, um, publicly in our country are doing a lot of damage to the credibility and the public witness of Christianity. It's not just that Jerry Falwell and Franklin Graham are dragging their own reputation in the mud, but when they call Donald Trump the dream president of Christians, I mean, they're dragging us all through the mud. So, um, you know, we, we started these red-letter revivals, and you, you've organized, Adam, the justice revivals. And I wonder uh, uh, what you see as, as so many churches are in decline and so many fe- people, they think that they're rejecting Jesus, but they're really rejecting a certain version of Christianity that really doesn't look like much like Jesus at all. So wh- how, how do you see your, your, your role as a pastor, as one who wants folks to fall in, fall in love with Jesus, correcting some of the, the, uh, the damage of the reputation of Christians in the public sphere? Yeah, Shane, it's a great question. So one of my favorite chapters in the book you mentioned, Mobilizing Hope, I basically make the case that Jesus has been the, the victim of identity fraud. Because <laughs> that's, so many that's a great way of saying Christian it. are not representing Jesus very well. And I don't go through all of it, but I, I basically describe six aliases, false aliases of Jesus that many Christians have professed or put out there that actually is giving people the wrong impression. So, you know, we privatize Jesus as, as one version. We follow a bling-bling Jesus, the Jesus of the health and wealth gospel. We've, you know, followed an apolitical Jesus that de-radicalizes Jesus and says, you know, Jesus had nothing to do with politics and economics, which mm. simply isn't true. So I, I do think that we need to... Hey, that's only four. You got the other two. You got two more to give us. Jesus was, yeah. What's that? You got to give us two. That was only like four of them. You got to do the other two. Oh, you want you want them all? That's no problem. Oh, we got to read the book. <laughs> One is what I call the, the Constantinian Jesus. So that's oh, okay. the, the religious right Jesus, essentially, that has tried to fuse Jesus with one political party and one ideology. Yeah. And in the process, I think they've been co-opted by that particular political party, the Republican Party in this case. And then I talk about the apocalyptic Jesus. This is mm. the Jesus. This is kind of the the apocalyptic uh, mindset that we don't really need to care too much about what's happening on earth and all the damage we're doing to it because we're just simply awaiting Jesus' return. And I'm certainly excited about Jesus' return, but I believe Jesus enlists us in his cause of kingdom building and advancing the reign of God in the here and now. So yeah, I mean, I'm with you entirely that 
we have to be clear about who Jesus is, what he means for our times today, and what it what it looks like to follow him. And and ultimately, you know, I'm with Bishop Curry, Michael Curry, that Jesus' message about unconditional steadfast love has to be the clarion call, because justice for me comes out of a commitment to love and a commitment to reconciliation. Justice at its core is about restoring right relationship between myself and my neighbor, myself and God, and myself and creation. And that kind of definition, I think a lot of people would get with. Let me uh, interject here, and we're interviewing uh, Adam uh, Taylor, who is one of the leaders of the Sojourners community in Washington, D.C., that puts out Sojourners magazine. Uh, You know, when people listen to our show, they say, you seem to have a bias against the Republican Party. And I got to tell you, we do, because it's the Republican Party that is working so hard to defranchise black people. And they're doing it by uh, where they can, uh, shutting down uh, voting machines in districts where black people are the predominant population. They are doing it by making registration of black people very, very difficult, by requiring photo ID from the government in order to vote, in order to keep black people out of voting. I could go on and tell you all kinds of ways in which the Republican Party has worked hard to suppress black voters, Latino voters, poor people voters. And uh, if you say, well, you're, you're going hard on the Republican Party, my response is, yes, we are, because they deserve the negative uh, condemnations that we are uttering when we're dealing with voter registration. You guys in, in Sojourners are working against the suppression of voters. I wanted the people in the United Kingdom and around the world to know why we are uh, so hard on the Republican Party because of what they are doing to keep certain people from voting. We, you've put together, along with Jim Wallace, a movement called Reclaiming Jesus. I'm uh, one of the elders. Uh, there's a handful of us that are the elders that are part of Reclaiming Jesus. Adam and I weren't invited to that because we're too young. You are. Yeah. You are too young. We're, we're the old guys. <laughs> but you all put out an incredible statement yeah, and now you, a movement, right? Yeah. Could you talk a little bit about what Sojourners is doing in starting the Reclaiming Jesus movement? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so Bishop Michael Curry and, and Jim Wallace had been lamenting about the state of our politics and the state of the church. This was back this past year during the season of, of Lent, and decided to bring together a group of elders. So these are former heads of different denominations, you know, prominent speakers, theologians, etc., including uh, Tony, and had a retreat to basically reflect on the state of the country and what, as religious leaders, they felt compelled to say and do. They ended up developing a statement called Reclaiming Jesus, a Confession of Faith in a Time of Crisis, that really provides a very, very powerful message about the kind of things that we have to hold on to as Christians, what, we, you know, what are our core beliefs. And because of those core beliefs, including, you know, for example, that we believe that we are made in the image of God, therefore we must reject racial bigotry and, and misogyny as, a, as an assault on the image of God. But there's a whole series of beliefs that are affirmed and proclaimed in this statement. Now, President Trump is not mentioned explicitly in the statement at all, but clearly the statement is 
very much resisting and seeking to transform so many of the forces that gave rise to Trump and and to kind of Trumpism in this country. The statement was launched um, just after Easter, and a video was made with the various elders who signed the statement reading excerpts of the statement. You actually can can watch the video. If you just go to soja.net, you can find the video on our website, or actually you can go to the website reclaimingjesus.org. But the video is extremely moving and powerful because you see such a diverse group of elders speaking in such a prophetic and clear way about the times we're living in and ultimately calling us to a very uh, different vision as a country and as a world. And that video just took off and went viral. I think now close to 5 million people around the world have watched this six-minute video. And I think it it gave a lot of hope and, and kind of... Uh, a new voice to how a lot of people were were thinking within the church. And we're going to continue to work with these elders to ensure that their voices can be heard as we continue to navigate this current crisis that is threatening the witness of the church and it is jeopardizing our democracy in the United States. Yeah, and we, 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 uh, that statement was so powerful. Uh, we, we ended up reading it at the Lynchburg Revival. Actually, Dr. Uh, Barbara William Skinner read that statement, and it's uh, such a powerful articulation of how we won't uh, allow Jesus to get hijacked, and uh, and, and we w- really want to uh, invite people to reclaim Jesus. So and they can, uh, our listeners, if they have computers, they can go and uh, log on to Reclaiming Jesus and read the statement. It's a powerful statement indeed, even though I had a part in designing it. We think it states what needs to be stated about uh, where we are in this day and age, if we're going to be faithful to Jesus, and if we're going to reclaim Jesus, and instead of making Jesus into an American, which is what the religious right does, they, they make Jesus into an American, and they act as though the um, United States of America is the kingdom of God. It's not. We are far from it. We need to change this country so that it looks more and more like the kind of country that Jesus would want it to be. So we've been talking with Adam Taylor, uh, the executive director at Sojourners. You've also written a bunch of stuff. I kind of wonder what's on the horizon, man, as you're uh, uh, in, in your own life and vocation right now. What are you excited about? What's, uh, what, what are you up to these days? Well, one of the things that I'm really excited about is I helped to craft and then ultimately get approved a major strategy for sojourners to strengthen our mobilizing work. And what we mean by that is really being even more intentional about how we equip and support our friends, our allies, our supporters to put their faith into action and to engage in advocacy efforts that can really help change hearts and minds and transform policy. So we are going to be investing a little bit more in our online engagement. We're going to be developing a stronger faith and justice church network around the country, and we're going to be developing a kind of rapid response network of influencers who could be pastors, they could be, you know, just community members who really have a passion for advocacy. So, you know, stay tuned on that. Um, And then the other thing, this is a little bit more relevant for the UK, but we are in the process of developing a broader strategy about how to partner with organizations in other countries and kind of build a stronger network of solidarity across Christian organizations that are committed to systemic justice. And well, so, you know, I'm excited about that. We're going to be you know, supporting efforts, you know, in the UK, but I, I just came back from Australia, actually, where there's a lot of excitement, excitement about 
uh, Sojourners being more committed to that agenda. Awesome. And we, we uh, always love uh, any opportunity we can to be together and uh, team up. We get a lot of chances to stir up holy mischief and good trouble these days, don't we, Adam? And uh, we're, you know, word on the street, Tony, is that our, our next Red Letter Revival may, may be down in Boone um, near Franklin Graham's world. So we might we might have to get you down there, Adam. Yeah. Well, let me just say. Uh, hey, I'd love to. And I'm, I'm a big, big fan of Red Letter Christians, grateful to sit over on the board and for the ongoing partnership. So we, we've got people wearing. Part of a, a we've got movement. We've got people wearing out their computers. We want them to go to redletterchristians.org and find out about our movement that tries to get people to take uh, the words of Jesus seriously and to sign on. There's a place where you can identify yourself as a red-letter Christian. If you want to take Jesus seriously, you can go on to uh, the website and check out Reclaiming Jesus, and you can go to your website and check out Sojourners and sign up for the magazine, which uh, e- uh, which our movement claims is the official magazine of the Red Letter Christians it's, movement. It's a good thing to have so much wonder or so many wonderful things happening. Hey, so, yeah. hey we're hot these days. We're hot. <laughs> so, uh, people of God, uh, join up with other people of God. Change the world for Jesus. Make things as they ought to be, rather than as they are. Uh, be assured that Shane and I are glad to have you listening into our show. Red Letter Christians is a movement you need to join. You need to be a part of this. So that's it for today. I guess uh, uh, we want you listening in next week. Uh, Redletterchristians.org is the website. And uh, John, John is our guy who makes this show possible as the engineer. Blessings on you, folks.